You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. You have a job to do. I have a job for you, Mary. There wasn't time for hugging. I have a job for you. He commanded her to go and tell. Go and tell. She was commanded by Jesus to be the first eyewitness of the resurrection. Jesus would stick around for 40 more days before ascending to the Father. But Mary needed to tell all that Jesus was alive. Jesus is alive. Praise God. Jesus is alive. We should tell everybody the same thing. Jesus is alive. When something is revealed to you by the Lord, it's exciting, but don't keep it to yourself. Share the good news with others. Today, Pastor Dave will teach on Mary's reaction to seeing Jesus and how she was given the opportunity to be the first witness to his resurrection from the grave. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 20 as he continues his message, Why Are You Weeping and Who Do You Seek? especially in a time of trouble. I'm not really seeking God with my whole heart. I say things like, well, God, if you want to, I'm here. Or uh, you can do it for me if you desire. Uh, I won't stop you, Lord, if you want to. Oftentimes we take a passive approach towards God and our attitude towards the things of God rather than seeking God with our whole hearts. Are you seeking God with your whole heart today? Or are you just half-heartedly doing something that you think is a, a religious thing to do? Are you seeking him with your whole heart? It says, if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. You will find me. I will be there as you seek me. Mary was desperate for God. She desperately wanted to find Jesus and be near him. But it appears that she didn't expect to see Jesus there. And that's the way it is in a world so full of grief and sorrow. Our world is full of grief and sorrow. Jesus is right there all the time, but we keep staring into the empty tomb going, where is he? He's right beside us and we can't find him. He is right with us. I will never leave nor forsake you. What does that mean? It means he'll never leave or forsake us. He's right with us at all times, even during the losses and even during the disappointments of life. And even when we don't see him, we don't recognize him. We don't know he's there. Jesus is acquainted with your sorrows. Remember, he was called a man of sorrows. Jesus is acquainted with your sorrows. He knows all about them. He knew Mary's heart was broken. He knew the state of her mind, the confusion that she had. Angels, empty tomb, where's my Savior? He knew that she was running around wondering where he was. He also knew that she was seeking him, looking for him, wanting to hold on to him, wanting to see him again. Even if he be dead, she wanted to be where he was. Notice when Jesus speaks to her, he doesn't rebuke her for not recognizing him. He doesn't scold her for not recognizing him. Instead, he wants to build her faith. 
He wants to take what little faith she has at this present time, and he wants to build on it. And he tenderly reveals himself to her with one word. Now, he had already asked her, why are you weeping and whom are you seeking? And she still didn't recognize who it was. But then he does, says one word. He softly says to her, Mary, Mary. Jesus said to her in verse 16, Mary. That's all he said, Mary. Mary, soft voice. Notice Jesus doesn't look at her and go, ta-da, it's me. He doesn't look at her and say, it's all good, girl. It's all good. Come on. He doesn't scold her for her lack of faith. He meets her right where she is in the midst of her grief. He comes right into the midst of her grief, and he says, Mary. Simple word, Mary. you got to give Mary a lot of credit. Remember the other two guys, the two bozos who raced to the tomb? What did they do? They went home. They went back to get something to eat to fill their bellies. They went home. Mary stayed. Mary stays at the tomb, and Jesus meets her right there. Her pain was real. Her grief was real. Loss is painful. Unemployment stinks. Relationships break your heart. And we need to say so. We need to say that our heart is broken because the Lord knows your hearts are broken. If someone in your world is hurting, if you want to share with them the hope, the best thing you can do at that moment is just ask them to tell you about what's hurting them and then be quiet and listen to them. Let them tell you about their hurt. Let them tell you about their pain. And just listen and be quiet. Be still enough to listen and not say a word. Too often we want to just glibly throw a scripture at them. Let them tell you their stories. One thing we learned when in the Billy Grand Rapid Response after a tragedy, when we were sent out to help people in the midst of the tra- tragedy, everybody has a story and they need to tell you that. They need to tell you your story, their story. And as you listen to them, you have empathy on them and you sympathize with them and you, you care for them. And then you slowly bring it around to the Lord and you start to talk to them about the Lord and you end up praying with them. But you need to listen to them. You need to listen to their story because their story is important. Because it's important to them. All he said was, Mary. No one could speak her name like that. She knew who it was. No one could call her name like Jesus could call her name. She knew exactly who it was. In an instant, she recognizes him. In an instant, she recognizes him. Look at the rest of the verse. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. And then you think of the original King James, it says master. She turns to him. And I'm thinking back to John 10 when Jesus said, the sheep hear his voice and they recognize him when he calls them by name. He didn't, she didn't recognize him until he said, Mary. And, oh, it's the Lord. It's my Lord. It's my Savior. And I love it. It's, it's you. Imagine the joy that came to our heart standing right there face to face with the Savior. The drawn, long out night, the long, drawn out nights are gone. Her grief was over. The joy was replaced. The tears had replaced the tears of sorrow. Instantly, her tears were now tears of joy. The psalmist was right. Joy comes in the morning. Psalmist was so right. We will never recognize Jesus in the midst of our troubled circumstances until we seek him with our whole heart. 
until we look for him at every angle and then we will respond to his call when he calls out your name because he knows each of our names. If you are his sheep, he knows you and he calls you by name and you respond to that call. That's what Mary does. What does she do? What does Mary do? She grabs a hold of him. Why not? There he is at last. She grabs a hold of him. You're not getting away from me again, mister. I've got you now. You ain't going nowhere. You're not going nowhere. But Jesus answers her in a different way. He answers her in a different way. Look at verse 17. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father, to your father, to my God, and your God. Now, first glance, this sounds harsh. You might say, Jesus, come on, stop, let her touch you. What's wrong with you? Don't push her away. Don't cling to me. Well, you got to understand the language. The Greek wording basically says, stop touching me. Stop touching me. I believe what Jesus was saying to her was, Mary, there's a bigger picture here. There is a bigger picture here. You're going to relate to me in a different way. I'm going to my father. I came to reconcile you back to my father, and now I'm going back to you. Mary, this is a new covenant. It's not going to be like it was. I am no longer going to be with you physically. It will be different now, but I am going to be in your heart forever. Although you cannot cling to me, I will be closer to you now than I have ever been before. But Mary, you have a job to do. I have a job for you, Mary. There wasn't time for hugging. I have a job for you. He commanded her to go and tell. Go and tell. She was commanded by Jesus to be the first eyewitness of the resurrection. Jesus would stick around for 40 more days before ascending to the Father. But Mary needed to tell all that Jesus was alive. Jesus is alive. Praise God. Jesus is alive. We should tell everybody the same thing. Jesus is alive. It's not Easter, but can you say that with me? Jesus is alive. Praise God. Praise God. He is alive. This is a special message. You need to tell everybody that Jesus has risen from the dead. He is alive and he's with us now. Mary had watched her hope fade on the cross. She had watched her hope die on the cross. All her high expectations were hanging between two criminals. And she heard him say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And she watched as her hope died right in front of her. Mary's hope died. Oh, how it hurts inside us when our hope dies. How we're crushed when our hope dies. When we trust in this world that we live, hope will always die because the life of this world has a way of killing our hope. The world kills our hope. The world squashes our dreams. And it hurts. It hurts. Not only has your hope died, but you will never return. So like Mary, you cry, you weep. The cry of one without hope is a high-pitched wail. The cry of one without hope is a very painful and mournful hope. It's not from the mouth, it's from the heart. Because your heart is broken and hearts break. 
Hearts break for loved ones that have gone on to the Lord. Hearts break for relationships that have been lost. Hearts break for problems in your life. Hearts break for so many different reasons. Our hearts break as our hope is dashed. You might be weeping today. Why are you weeping? And what are you seeking? All Mary wanted to do was to see her hope one more time. Just one more time, if I could just look upon him whom I love. If I could just see him one more time. She went to the tomb to pay respect so she could say goodbye properly. Say goodbye to her expectations who were laying the rest with him. Everything is gone. My hope is gone. My Jesus is dead. And he's gone. She felt as though all she had left was a corpse. But even the corpse of Jesus would have been better than her life before it was when she met him. Even a corpse of Jesus would have been better than the seven demons that were about her. Maybe some of you today have had your hopes crucified. Maybe all you have left is a decomposing corpse. The only thing that is left of what you once had. When Mary was making her way to the tomb that morning, I wonder if she was remembering all the wonderful times she had spent with Jesus. Those three wonderful years that he had walked with her and, and talked to her and, then, and they had dinner together and they fellowshiped together, listening to all his marvelous words, watching him heal people and doing all those wonderful things. I wonder if she was remembering all those things. You might remember the good times you had when things were going well, but now you cry. It's a cruel and unjust world that has taken away your hope. And now your hope lays in a cold, dark tomb. I'm here to tell you this morning that hope is alive. Hope is alive. And I'm telling you that your hope can live again. Your hope can live again. You know what's interesting? Mary couldn't find Jesus. She couldn't find her hope. And this is one of our lessons this morning and one of our big problems in life. We have this overwhelming sense that Jesus just isn't there in the midst of our hopelessness. When we're going through a terrible time, we just say, he's not here. If he was here, I wouldn't be going through this terrible time. I wouldn't be having this problem. Didn't Martha and Mary say that to him when he came to Lazarus' tomb? Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. We move along with so much of the world and we grieve with our unfulfilled dreams and hopes and expectations. We said, Jesus isn't here. And that's where Mary was that morning when he asked, where's Jesus? Where's my Savior? You see, hope is not a what. And hope is not a when. And hope is not a why. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. His resurrection proves that he is stronger than any setback. He is stronger than any failure. He is stronger than any loss. He is stronger than any disappointment. He is stronger than anything that my life might come your way. He is stronger than any dream that has died because the world life will kill your dream. But Jesus has a way of bringing in new dreams and a new dreams of life and life everlasting. What a beautiful Savior we serve. What a beautiful Lord who loved us to the very end. It's not to say that we always get what we want or that every bad thing can magically be undone. Life doesn't work that way. But it is to say that God can and will do something good in your future. God is continually at work. And I like to say, he's still on the throne. 
Just because you are going through a difficult time and we're not minimizing your difficult time or your difficulty, that doesn't mean God has left the throne. He is still on the throne. God does work all things together for good for those who, lo- are, who loved him or are the called according to his purpose. He does that. Mary didn't get exactly what she wanted, did she? Mary wasn't going, Jesus wasn't going to be with her the way he had always been. But he was going to be with her in a way that she never dreamed possible. A way that you never dreamed possible that Jesus could be with you, even now. There was still a lot that Mary didn't understand. There still may be a lot that you don't understand. She didn't know exactly what the future holds. None of us know what the future holds. But I do know who holds the future. I do know who has the future in their hands. Mary didn't know that. But she knew it was going to be good now that Christ had risen, now that Christ was alive. And that's what hope is. Hope is confidence that God can and will do something in your life, in this life and the life to come. Then whatever circumstance you might find yourself in this morning, whatever pain, whatever loss, whatever discouragement, whatever disappointment you may be dealing with, God can do something good in it and with it. That doesn't minimize the pain or the loss or the evil of it. It means the story isn't over. As Paul Harvey used to say, you are the rest of the story. You are the rest of the story. You are the continuing book of Acts. You are Acts 29. You are Acts 30, 31, etc. You are living that right now. The book of Acts continues because Jesus is still alive, still working in our hearts, still ruling in our lives. God will meet you in the place you are right now if you seek him. If you look to him, he will meet you right where you are. Right now, in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that woe, in the midst of that disappointment, in the midst of that loss, God will meet you here. But you need to open up your heart to him and seek him with that heart, with the whole heart. He's an ever-present God in time of trouble. He is always here. He was always here. The tomb is empty. I've seen him. He's not there. He's alive just as he said he would. He has risen. He has risen. He's alive today. He's alive in our hearts. He's here in our midst right now, wherever two or three are gathered. He is here in our midst. Jesus is here. He's in you. He's inside me. He is here. We can still find joy in the midst of our pain. We can still find beauty. You can find forgiveness. You can find healing. You can find purpose for your life. You can find restoration. And you can find the reality of God's powerful presence in your lives through Jesus Christ. You can find that today. We can do more than we can ever, ever imagine. We really can. But we must look towards Jesus. We must see him and seek him with every ounce of fiber we have. Not just with our eyes. We need to seek him with our heart. We need to seek him with our spirit as well. Hope isn't wishful thinking. It's confident living. It's facing the future, knowing that God can and will do something in this life and life to come. God is wanting to do such a work in you. He wants to do such a work in you. Why won't you allow him to? Why won't you not believe that he will do that? If you find yourself in a tough place right now, have the courage and honesty to stay in that place and meet Jesus right there. 
Too often we cry, Lord, get me out of this. And Lord is saying, no, I want to meet you in the midst of that. I want to appear in the midst of that suffering because I suffered just like you're suffering now. And I want people to see Jesus in you because then they'll be drawn to me. Maybe you know someone who's in such a place right now, someone who's dealing with pain, disappointment, or loss. We need to share this hope with them. We need to share this hope with them, just as Jesus told Mary, go and tell. We need to go and tell. We need to tell people that Jesus is alive and wanting to do a marvelous work in their lives. He's wanting to do that work today, not tomorrow. You don't have to wait for the work to happen. He'll do it today. Mary had the courage and the honesty to hang around the tomb for a while. Sometimes we must stay at the tomb. Sometimes we must wait upon Jesus Christ. And as you heard, that the stone be rolled away. That the stone be rolled away. Why was the stone rolled away? To let Jesus out? I think not. He didn't need the stone to be rolled away to come out. He could have just came out. The stone was rolled away so that we can look in and see that it's empty. That he's no longer there. We can see what Mary saw. We can see what Peter and John saw. It's empty. And that we can go and tell them that Jesus Christ has risen. He is alive today. And that's what she did. Look what she does. She runs back in verse 18. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken to her these things. She becomes the first witness of the, resur of the resurrection. A woman runs back and tells them, I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. My question is, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? And whom are you seeking? Why are you weeping and whom are you seeking? That's the question of the day. If you've seen the Lord today, go and tell someone. If the Lord has touched your heart today, go and tell someone. If the Lord has been with you in a time of trial, in a time of woe, go and tell someone. Tell someone about our Jesus. Tell someone about our Savior, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Tell them before it's too late. Tell them. Tell them that the tomb is empty. And that Jesus wants to do a mighty work in you, a mighty work in them, and invite them to come to Jesus. You can invite them to come to church, but you can invite them to come to Jesus right where they are. You can invite them to come to Jesus. The world is hurting, folks. It's not getting any better. It's not getting any prettier. The world is hurting. People are dying, and they're going to hell. They are dying without a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have the answer to the world's problems. And the answer, again, I said, is a who, and its name is Jesus Christ. You want to stop abortion? Get people to believe and love Jesus Christ. You want to stop all these other problems? Get people to love Jesus Christ. Carrying signs, protesting, that's all good for a season, but that's not going to stop people from doing these things. Only thing that will stop people from doing these things is a relationship with Jesus Christ, a heartfelt relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what you have, and that's the message we need to carry, that Jesus would be high and lifted up, that people would see him and they would come, go and tell so that people would come to him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ.
The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.